a record of the delightful piece they're going to play this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Hello everyone, welcome back to Requiem Radio. You have myself, Solo Requiem, and my also host of this podcast, Hazy Dialects. And today for us, we have a very special guest, Mysterious Weep. He is known for a lot of content, specifically over fighting, covering Baki, Kengi Nashira, and Record of Ragnarok, or his main primary three. And he also covers other topics on the side as well. Uh, Mysterious, would you like to introduce yourself for everyone? So, yep, I'm the Mysterious Weed person. I run a YouTube channel close to 100k. Hopefully get there within the month. I mainly talk about, like, fighting anime and manga. More general anime topics sometimes, but mainly the fighting series is what I go for. Sounds good. Um, Hazy, want to introduce? Hello, everybody. As usual, it's uh, Hazy Dialects, your loco schizo SES, and Twitter Anon, who likes to discuss politics and various other subject matters, as well as the uh, visual editor for Wrecking Radio, which is going to be a YouTube channel you can also visually watch for your enjoyment. I'm uh, here with our, our guest here, Mysterious, and uh, we're about to just get into it. Um, but if there is, um, one thing I would like to say just ahead of time, uh, thank you for be- being with us today, Mysterious, and, uh, no thank you for chilling with us. Well, good, all good. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure for you to be here as well, and like I said earlier off camera, but huge fan of your work, and you were the guy who got me into a lot of fighting content, such as Baki, uh, Kengen Nishura, and Record of Ragnarok. And I know a lot of close friends of Mutuals who I've introduced you to, and they also got into it through you. So definitely a spearhead for that community. And you currently have a goal for, was it 100k subscribers? Yeah. How close are you to that now? Like 4k away. Oh, nice. So you should be hitting it by the end of the year easy. That's an easy clear. Yeah. So, question, um, just to get into it just a bit, um, is this your first YouTube channel, or, like, were there different iterations of the same idea? Um, first of, like, anime-related content. Like, back in high school, I had, like, a gaming channel, but that, like, went nowhere. This is the, like, first anime-related channel, but it has been going for quite a few years now. Nice, nice. So... What specifically got you into the fighting genre, particularly of anime and manga? Because there's hundreds of different genres. What was this one that called out to you? Um, so, apart from like enjoying Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z when I was younger, which is typical, I think, if I can remember, I watched the first Bucky season when it came out on Netflix, like however many years ago it was now. Didn't think too much of it, but when Kengen Ashura came out, like, four or five years ago, the first season, that's when I really got into it. I hadn't read really much manga, just a variety of anime before that. 
I watched the first season of Kanganashra, ended up reading the manga for it as like one of the first, and then that really resulted in the change of my channel and what I was really into. All right, nice. And currently, you covered the main three, like I said earlier, Kengen, Ashura, Baki, and Record of Ragnarok. Do you have any plans in the future maybe to get some other fighting genres under your belt? Or are those like the big three right now? Um, for a time, I did make One Punch Man content. Like, as when chapters were coming out and, like, regular verse battle videos. But I stopped reading the manga for, like, a few months, so I naturally lost interest and no longer made videos. I have a second channel where I did talk about Jujutsu Kaisen for, like, I would say a year, but I've kind of stopped doing that for the time being. I will come back to that, but... So currently, I only really talk about the stuff I read, which just happens to be Kengen, Bucky, and Record of Ragnarok. Okay, nice. Hazy, you have any questions? Yeah, I do. Um, through the coverage of like most fighting enemies, um, what would you consider to be like the center, like the thing that like really gravitates you to these types of archetypes of anime? Um, I would say just the focus on the grounded to a degree of martial arts. Like, of course, there's the absurd moments in, like, Bucky and Record of Ragnarok, but compared to, you would say, the typical anime, it's much more grounded in its fighting, and you could say more realistic to a degree, but that more realistic approach is what kind of makes it more appealing to me. Out of I think all, that's good. Th- oh, go yeah. Out of all three of them, which one would you say would be your favorite, or do you like them all for unique, different reasons? Um, my favorite is still Kangen Ashura on its own. Kangen Omega, the sequel manga to Kangen Ashura, has quite a bit of problems, but Kangen Ashura, from start to finish, the manga for it is probably my favorite story and series of all time. If you count like Kangen Mega and Kangen Ashura, I would say Bucky might be my favorite due to the sheer amount of content available. Like there's over a thousand chapters in all the mangas combined. And then Record of Ragnarok, it's good for what it is, but probably my third favorite out of the three. All right. Sounds good. Hazy, what were we going to ask? Um, the question I was going to ask is that um, in terms of just. In terms of, uh, you know, you said initially you were mostly just reviewing, um, doing a lot of reviews for One Punch Man, and then you um, basically transitioned to doing a lot of combat-oriented sports and um, power scaling for a lot of characters, since some of your content is, like, basically delving into who is the strongest character or whether or not characters from Kangen can fight characters from Baki. And I would like to ask... Um, Typically, there is an evaluation that some people go with. Like, people sometimes use calculations. Some people use the real-life sports as a way to figure out whether or not a character can combat one another. Um, in terms of analysis, because that's something that often fascinates me, what is your, like, standard principle when going into it? Um, when it comes to, like cross versus or a Bucky versus Kangen character, I normally go for 
like feats and showings throughout the series. I do sometimes make like semi troll videos with like Yudro versus like Goku or something like that. But when it comes to the typical like Bucky character A versus Kengen character B, it's more so on feats and this more so typical power scaling. Sometimes I go into calculations if they're available. I'm not going to do it myself personally, but if someone's provided me with the calculations, I will mention it sometimes, but normally just like the feats and showings in the respective series is what I go with. Nice. Actually, I was going to bring that up because um, just to uh, delve in to just um, a little bit, just to dip our toes into the subject matter of a show like Kangen, one thing I love about Kangen is the usage of a lot of real IRL sports, like the immediacy to pick up a sport just by the way that someone stands, for instance, and being someone yep. who's a avid and infatuate and has an avid and strong infatuation for sports, um, like watching Jack Dempsey in some of his earlier fights to watching Muhammad Ali versus uh, wrestlers or like seeing those fights go on. And, um, Sometimes the appreciation and the knowledge of understanding these sports is rewarded to the viewer by knowing these things. Like, for example, within the Terminarch, when um, his name eludes me right now, but when you see him switch from his typical fighting style to boxing, it imme- I immediately picked it up because I noticed that he had switched his fighting styles like boxing and then the char- before the character even informs you that it's occurring, someone who has that knowledge um, we'll figure it out immediately. And sure, there are supernatural elements to say, but I like the fact that one of the strongest fighters within the tournament is an MMA fighter, someone who has practiced in almost all conceivable fields of fighting um, to really be like a formidable foe. And so, like, it not only like delves into the logical component of how like this would work out in some regards, but um, it, it 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 still sprinkles in some supernatural elements. It's, that's like what I find to be very fascinating about Kangen. And since yes. there is not necessarily any sort of strong tether, narratively speaking, for a lot of the characters during the tournament arc, there's not inherently a predictor you can use for why or who would win. It's rather you have to be hyper focused and vigilant about the fights and question. Yeah. Another aspect is when they, let's say the author used a more obscure martial art, let's say Salat from like Asia, they will like dedicate panels to explain it to like the readers who don't really know much about it, which the I think the author has a lot of background in martial arts. I did have a video going over everything he actually knows, but it does help when he goes into detail about certain things. And even the more so fake martial arts, he connects it to like real world techniques and stuff, which is cool to see throughout. That's definitely a positive of Kangen more than the others. That's something I respect about Kangen and the author. I believe. What's his name again? Is Yabako Sandrovic? Is that how you say yeah. his name? Yeah. He yeah. tends to have an actual more grounded reality of like, you know, fighting styles compared to like, let's say, the author Baki, where in a sense, like, he would play around for things that are fictional, but he'll still like say, like, MMA is this, you know, a lot of the techniques they use, like the arm bar or the rear naked choke that are specifically MMA related. I'm like, oh, nice. Like, I saw this. If you watch UFC, for example, like, these are actual real life moves. And yeah. 
I like that a lot more about Baki too, because Baki, I don't know if it's um, the offer having an anti like Western bias to where he kind of mocks to like Western martial arts or fighting, like because he makes fun of boxing all the time. Where even like recently, if you watched a Netflix series, you know you'd have Retsu like mocking boxing and being like, "Oh, it's just you know a new sport. It's still young. It's not four thousand year old Chinese martial arts." Yeah, and, maybe like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, especially they did Muhammad Ali Jr. so dirty. That pissed me off. <laughs> I was ready for like an actual match, only for Baki to solo him in three seconds. I was like, come on. <laughs> Quite unfortunate. But there definitely is some type of bias or like portraying America in a negative light throughout the entire Baki series. Without a they devoted. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I was going to say that, like, there's a subsection of the plot that isn't necessarily important to the overarching story as it's devoted to shitting on George Bush. It's just like... <laughs> it, it continues. Every new, like, U.S. president that, like, happens in, like, real life, there's a chapter dedicated to you, Drew, shitting on them. Yeah, even Hillary Clinton, and she wasn't even a president. It was her bossing UGR around for him to just drop his pants and her be like... Oh, I'm so flustered. I would never just walks away and I'm like, what was that? Like, why yeah. did you have to include this into this? <laughs> and then like recently when Biden came into office, he's like, there's a chapter like a month later. Yeah, he has a hit point for America. <laughs> Even the Miyamoto Masashi part, there's a funny part there where it talks about the feats of like Miyamoto. And then there's a random line being like, you know, Oh, even if the American military tried him, he'd easily slice through them. And I'm like, when did that come into the story? Like, no one is talking about them. It's like kicking, you know, a puppy on the ground. It's like, I'm gonna keep stomping on this thing, you know, keep stomping on it. And like, you don't need to anymore. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Structurally speaking, I do find it. I, th I was very much um, invested in Muhammad Ali's um, narrative, especially since they they had taken boxing and made it true kung fu which is interesting you know it, it was a true martial arts uh it had evolved you know into something something that could be respected amongst all other forms of um you know other forms of fighting and combatants and i was like okay so even in the ending it felt as though they were um enforcing this notion that these characters are going to have similar levels of importance in the narrative in terms of what they're leading us to and then you just watch um, Muhammad Ali Jr. just get dog walk, absolutely just get canine, uh, get can of some doggy dentists um, throughout the series. I'm like, oh man, I thought this was going to be something else. Eventually, even by the time he does fight Baki, you're like, oh, he's like breaking off the um, the armrests and like the um, the arm cast. You're like, I'm still I'm still of the opinion he's going to get absolutely washed. It's like this at this point you, you don't really have a good investment to believe he's going to do well in this fight. But um yeah, I do believe um in terms of characters, I would like to hear from each one of you um um who's your favorite from um the series Baki? Um for me it's Jack. He's been my favorite for yeah, sir. a very long time. Just Absolute wild beast. Jack Hama fan day one over here too. <laughs> I love how recently they confirmed in chapter that he was raised Catholic and that made me very happy. I'm like, oh, and he's Catholic, let's go. <laughs> and it was like another Jack Hama W. 
I appreciate him simply due to his unapologetic roid mentality. He's like, absolutely, I am juiced beyond belief. I am high C to the maximum. I am juicy juice. I am sunny D. This there is no um, elevated level of juice that that could be me. When you think of uh, the gains, when you think of those, when you think of uh, the stimulus package that comes with. Um, just getting juice, you think of me. I like the fact that he's that sub character yeah. who's like, yes, I do drugs. <laughs> Absolutely. And he even like <laughs> talks shit to the other characters like, oh, you want to be the strongest, but you're not on the goods like me? Like, what are you doing? Do you really care yeah. about being the strongest? <laughs> yeah, he was talking to the... Who's the guy who sets up the fights in the arenas? Um, the old man? Uh, Tokigawa. Tokigawa, yeah, he was talking to him. Tokigawa was like, oh, you're still doing a bunch of drugs? He's like, of course I am. And what truly made me fall in love with Jack Hanman, though, had to be his fight with Pickle, where yeah. he got his face ripped off, and then you think, okay, that's it. You know, he's going to do like what Retsu did and kind of like freak out. But he did the opposite. He flinged back up, knocked his ass like in the air, and then grabbed him. And while he was beating him, he says, This is human evolution. Tell me, have we proved our worth to you? And then he was just beating into him. And the line that really got me was when he was talking about saying, you know, wealth, material, women, beer, like all this list of things is like, I don't give a shit about any of that. I just want to fight and be the strongest. Like, that's what solidified my love. I feel like the love for Jack Hanma in the community a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt, probably I'll say the character with the most fans at this point. I think one of the things is that... Go ahead. Sorry. Even though he's been done fairly dirty until recently, it's still, you know, he lost two times against Pickle, and that still made people fans of him. It wasn't really even the loss. It was that he kept getting back up, and then yeah. he even got Pickle to be freaked out where Pickle was talking about, you know, narrating his head, you know. In the prehistoric time, this is very unnatural. You kill something, it stays dead. But Pickle's like, I've killed this man, and yet he got back up. And that's what made him, like, truly, you know, the biting cyborg, if you will. Yeah. I also love the fact that um, Jack Hamba, like, for me, losing has, um, losing has lost most of its meaning within the series. For me, when I was initially introduced to Baki was when the Netflix series that came out. And it was in the middle of the series, which I didn't know about. But what made me very much invested in the series is poetics and how they go about articulating um, a lot of the fights. It's almost as if just, there's this tapestry and there's this artistry in the way they convey and describe to you the fights. Um, this mural that you see before you and it becomes artistry within itself. It's so engaging to the point where you don't even realize there is a lack of plot per se yeah. in brackets in Baki in of itself because there is such enticing reading about the fight in of itself that causes you to be disconcerned with whether or not there is some overarching narrative and some like in like or desire some uh, uh, necessity full of complexity within the story itself. Rather, so many times. Um, for instance, um, when it comes to um, Jack Hamba, I love the um, fight between him and Muhammad Ali Jr. Despite him getting absolutely dog walked, the idea of standing up on principle, even if he's down on the count, even if the odds are against him, 
that's just the person he is and he'll deal with the consequences of whatever comes with that. I enjoy that idea that is pronounced by that fight itself. Yeah, that's a big aspect of Bucky, just the ideas of all the fights. They can be different, but you don't really need to worry about what's happening in the fight, just how it's actually occurring, what's being said about it on like a narrative level. Exactly. What are some dream fights that you wish we could see in the future that haven't happened yet? Um, Haniyama versus Jack. Those two haven't actually had an interaction in the entire series. Somehow, don't know how that's happened, but those two fighting. Um, I would like Jack to have a proper fight against Yudra, of course. Bucky versus Doppo, even though Bucky would, without a doubt, win. They haven't actually had a proper fight. And really, a lot of fights with Oliver. He only has like a few against the main cast of characters. He could fight Doppo, he could fight Goki, he could fight Pickle. There's quite a few for him. Who would you feel is a pretty underrated character currently? Besides, of course, Jack Hama, he's getting a whole arc right now that people should be talking about more. Um. Most underrated, I want to say Katsumi. Just the narrative of how right now he's representing the legacy of Retsu and Doppo in the story. He definitely deserves more currently, and I think we're going to see that in the up-and-coming fights. I hope he gets a chance to fight Jack, because I'm pretty sure Jack's going to steamroll the entire cast and work his way up to your jo- you, sorry, Ujiro. That's my guess. But I think Katsumi would be one of the few that could actually give him a run for his money. So I'd be looking forward to, if that match didn't happen. Yeah, Jack did call him out, so it most likely will. But very exciting. To bring it back up, I forgot to put this uh, a pit a pin on this, but um, I think it's worth it's worth mentioning now. Defeat in the sense of a character going unconscious isn't necessarily an importance in Baki's universe. Rather, even in the prisoners, it's emphasized that most of them can be defeated at one point or another, but it's the breaking of one spirit that is like the importance. Like um breaking ribs, shattering skulls, all these things occur with some fights, but it's breaking someone's mentality to the point where they like become a child or it's taking away someone's senses and breaking them down in that way into the point where they have nothing those yeah. sort of things are, are are the things like breaking someone's spirit down is something that the series focuses on immensely even jack hamba wanted to fight pickle again until baki basically told him hey it's only um, from him not deciding to eat you right in the there that you're even alive right now. And at that moment, he's like, okay, I need to reevaluate anything. Because if I'm going to go into another fight, uh, it's kind of like in that realization of, I could have been eaten. I could have, I'm going to die next time. Because it's not just a fight. It's, it's, it's really puts things in perspective. But that's what I like about the series. Because, like, um, from Oliver to um, Yujiro. Like, all these characters have had instances where they get knocked out, but it's not about that. It's about to break the spirit, to, to get full-on annihilation. Even that um, when Yujiro tells a uh, person, hey, man, just forfeit because you lost. You can't defend yourself. You're on your knees. 
the man's spirit hasn't been broken in that moment of time. So you're just like, all right, time for a backhand. Mm. <laughs> a C4 backhand, TLM. Yeah, if they don't accept it, it doesn't count. You just have to accept <laughs> the feat. Basically, exactly. It's like, yeah, no reaction. <laughs> Last thing on um, Baki, and we can move over talking about Kenge Nashura. What would you say is your most favorite and least favorite arc of the series so far? Um, least favorite is probably the Ali Jr. or the Sumo arc before Jack was introduced, but he's def- he's technically part of that at the end, so I would say the Ali Jr. stuff. And my favorite is probably the Pickle. Oh, nice. Pickle arc's really good. Um... Hazy, you want to ask any more questions on this topic? Um, well, one particular question I I had to, uh, I had to ask since concepts and ideas are often um, conveyed within the narrative through the fights. What is one that stands out to you in particular? For me, it's the moment in which Baki gets peed on, and Oliver is trying to show his dominance over this person. In this very moment, he's saying. This is my realm. I do whatever I please. I dominate over you. You, a person who's just on the floor, who cannot do anything, who is incapable of moving, has now been subjugated by me. And that shows you who is the king in this realm. Then it's flipped entirely on its head by Baki. Baki is kind of like, I'm in prison. I'm in solitary confinement. I have my hands locked behind me. And you pissed on me, all for the sake of proving to me, to me of all people, that you're more important than me. Regarding um, Kenge Nishura, what are the main points he wants to be talking about? Um, or things that you'd be interested in talking about? Anything, really. So ask whatever you want. Yeah, we won't try to give you like more of like, your opinions and stuff. Trying to get uh, like yeah. some your views, things. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine with anything, really. All right. Hey, Hazy, you back? Yep, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I, was, I was trying to watch. I was trying to look for the part where uh, my part was discussed, but I couldn't find it. I was I was deprived of. Uh, uh, no, you're fine. It's in the end. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Lily. All right, we're gonna about to get back on. So, Lily, seven fifty is when we reprocess. All right, three, two, one. So, um, Mysterious, now we're moving over to the topic of Kengen Ashura. And I know you mentioned earlier what really captivated you about that, but what in particular would you say is, like, your favorite character or your most interesting character to watch fight? Um, So, when it comes to Ashura, it's probably Galang, the Thai boxer. When it comes to more so striking-based fighters, I always lean towards them over grapplers. Galang, as the you know main boxing guy in the tournament, had amazing fights, especially in round two against Kano Gito, the pretty much king, the fang. One of the best fights in the entire series. So in Ashura, he was my favorite. In Omega, he hasn't done too much. His one fight against Carlos was 
fairly decent, but probably Kurei Ryan, if I consider both series, both Ashra and Omega, just the insanity of him, the rage, and of course the brutality. Actually, um, in terms of uh, techniques um, that you really were fond of in the series, what was a technique that you found just perfect uh, elevation of the spectacle and like really elevated the fight for it? Any and, fight or just... just any particular... You don't have to um, um, talk about any exclusive fight, just a technique in particular. Um... Uh, there's a few techniques, but I enjoy the formless, which is the like ability of Kano and a few others later in the series. Just having the ability to adapt to your opponent and kind of copy what they do to a degree and be unpredictable in various ways. Also including the way the manga is drawn when he enters formless, the like water-like motions, those are cool. Demon's Bane, which is pretty much the ultimate technique of the Nico style. Every Carter combined together to send your opponent's attack back. And of course, the art, when that's used, is top-notch. And for people who are primarily into, let's say, just Baki, because I know there's a bit of a fight back and forth between Baki community and the Kengen community, how would you describe Kengen to like the layman, basically, for someone who's only watched Baki? Um, I would say a little bit more grounded. A lot of the characters are comparable to one another in strength. There's no, like, you draw in the series. There are stronger characters to a degree, but most main fighters in the series can harm one another. It's a little more narrative-driven than something like Bucky, where, to a degree, it's just random fights at points. There is a underlying narrative for certain characters especially later in the sequel Kengen Omega but Kengen Ashra is 80% just a big tournament bigger than anything we've had in Baki and what are the primary difference from Kengen Ashra and Kengen Omega without going into major spoilers but Kengen Omega has more so younger protagonists than what Kengen Ashura did, more so them rising up the ranks rather than being someone who's already strong in their own regard, but there are a lot of character returns. So it's similar in a way, but there is a underlying organization known as the Worm, which is the main antagonistic force in Omega, while in Ashura, the Worm was present in the later half, but it was more so each character was their own person in the tournament, and fighting for whatever they want. There wasn't just a good guy, bad guy scheme going on. Okay. Uh, Hazy, you want to ask anything along the line? Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting about Kangan is how it feels as though, to some degree, it kind of moved away from the supernatural. Like, while... Um, to some degree, a lot of characters have this baseline of being supernatural to some regard when it comes to Baki. Um, there is a possessed spirit technique where people can elevate their heart range, but even that comes with a limitations and um, its powers and capabilities. 
um, in and in, in exchange they pursue technique, which I thought was kind of like it resonates um, people if they're more into surrealism, the idea of like you know doing something that is less abusive on the body and is more in my mind of like combat and all that. So I, I think it's kind of really interesting. Um, underappreciated element of the series is sometimes fights end where characters like what knees buckle under their own weight, which is something surprising and something that you wouldn't think that would end a fight, but it does in King and I really appreciate them bringing forth those elements, like someone trying to move in a way that the body just can't handle. What do you believe to be a unappreciated element of Kangen that most people don't bring up? Um, I would probably say the way so each fighter in Ashra is representing a company. The like background scenes we get to see between like the CEOs like gambling on fighters or like putting up their fighter, their thoughts behind selecting their fighter. That whole aspect was a part of Kangen Ashra, which was a bit different but quite appealing. For example, we see a scene between the like Emperor of Thailand betting on his fighter, Gao Lang, everything he has, or like showing the CEO of uh, Kano Gito, his like the banking corporation or whatever it was, showing them like a sum, how much they're going to bet on their fighter, and just the amount of money they're throwing around to, you know, bet on their fighter, defeating another is cool to see. But we kind of lose that in Kangen Omega, unfortunately. And I think one of the things I really enjoyed from Kangen is how they invest in fighters, and you know, the main character, at least the character who were initially introduced to is treated sort of like a pawn. But due to his son also having a corporation and having some investment in the tournament, there's this development that, surprisingly enough, I normally don't give man to me as a character who's kind of past his prime. He's more of his older years. But through this tournament, he is reinvigorated um, to be his own man, to, to stand his own two feet, to not be as spineless. And I think that sort of development for his character is something I highly appreciated that the series decided to exercise, to use it as an avenue. And usually these characters are relegated to just dialogue machines about how each character works, or they act as a layman, not layman, but um, someone who has no knowledge of the subject matter in which exposition can be afforded to be given to him about how things work. Um, that's one of the things I also believe is a really unappreciated element, and I'm, and I really do appreciate the fact that you made a video devoted to his character, and how um, yeah. he works narratively. I'd also uh, say another uh, thing too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. I was gonna say another thing too. I found interesting also. Well, was like. You you said earlier, you know, they don't have a Yuji or a Hanma for the Kangen series, but in a sense, there is a character that is not as powerful as Yujiro, but equally as like intimidating and terrifying, and it's definitely the Fang of uh, Metsudo. That guy, when I saw his first fight and how he was like very nonchalantly, like stoic faced, going through against this dude who's basically perfected the basics and the fundamentals and see him change throughout the fight later to him get knocked and then he looks directly at the camera and has his hair slicked back and he has his devil smile on and just pale white eyes and if you ever see that picture in the manga 
that's truly terrifying. They're like, yeah, this guy is definitely not showing all of his cards, if you will. He's kind of, like, bored the first few rounds. And I felt like that's what made him very much an interesting villain, definitely. Uh, if I'll say to, to a degree on that. With Kato, so in round one, when he faced Okubo, the MMA prodigy, fundamental, mastered everything, that fight, like, prior to that, we were introduced as Kato as this unbeatable destroyer machine has never lost. Even in the first fight, before you know releasing his demonic smile he kind of got beat up to a degree and then in the second fight when he was facing Gao Lang when he tried to defeat him in boxing he kind of got destroyed quite a bit to a degree where he realized he can't beat this person in his own game something he's never had to accept before and then in the later rounds that's where he goes like okay no messing around i need to give it give it my all and pretty much focus on solely winning. And him going against, what's his name again? My apologies. The third round he went up against. Um, Third round was Hatsubi. And then it was Kuroki after that. Okay, yeah, it was the Kuroki match then. That was probably my favorite fight in the entire series because that's where you see him just going all out and then of course, Kuroki being Kuroki, he's been shredding through his whole tournament. But he's been almost like the silent character, if you will, where he's not walking around boasting about his feats or strengths or skills. He's simply there to get a job done. And not getting too much major spoilers, but that's what I found very fascinating about Kuroki's character, how he pretty much crept up on the audience where a lot of people didn't expect him at first to be that, you know, strong, if you will, let alone to go up against, you know, the big monster himself. Even in, like, the two anime seasons so far, no one even knows what Kuroki is capable of. He's only had one fight, and that was against, like, Ryuto, potentially the weakest in the tournament. As soon as we get the next season coming this month, everyone's going to start to see who haven't read the manga. Ryuko is, like, the great yeah, character I'm, like, rooting for. I'm sorry. I was just like, I was like, no, oh, my God. <laughs> No, you know it's he's gonna so... get washed, but you're like, come on, yeah. dude, you can do it. No, it's funny though, because I like so much of um Kenge Nishura because it's almost poetic in storytelling, if you will, in a similar sense we'll get into later record of Ragnarok, where not only do you have these two different fighters and fighter styles, or like they have their own philosophies and morals, and to see like Fang basically just be nothing but this pit of oblivion, like He's the pure cancellation of, like, anything, if you think about it enough, where whatever goes up to it, he just simply absorbs and crushes as the next thing. Like, he's just a force of nature. And it's truly, like, almost a hero story archetype, if you will, of, like, you know, the unknown wanderer versus the impossible, like, monster itself. And that's what I found very fascinating about the story on that side as well. Definitely. Would you say the... the... Yeah, go ahead. Just like how a lot of the fights, you really had no idea who to win. Of course, you had your protagonist, Oma, going into the story. But outside of him, most of the fights, you had no idea who was going to win up to a certain point. As you progressed in the tournament, you kind of got a little bit more of an understanding of who's the stronger fighters. But even then, there's some like shocking twists throughout and like no one saw that coming. And that's something I definitely appreciate about it too, because like, 
I feel like in our difference from Baki in this, we were talking about Baki earlier, how, oh, it's Baki, he's going to wash anyone he goes against. Because it's simply he's the main character, and he has main character syndrome. Where a lot of characters, you don't, like you say, see that in a tournament, it's very throwing your hat up in the air, because you're not fully invested or if you fully know of some of these characters. And you're kind of like, that's what makes it interesting, because you're just sitting on the edge of your seat thinking like, okay... How is this going to fold out? Like, how is this going to go forward type thing? That's what I find really fascinating about it. Um, is there anything you wanted to add on that as well? Or um, I would say that the way we learn about all the characters throughout, because we're not aware about anything about 90%. 90% of the characters in the tournament until after the first round. We get introduced to them, we get their first flashback to get a little bit of an understanding of about who they are. And then as the tournament progresses and if they continue to win fights, we learn more and more until the, you know, the final fights where we pretty much know everything about both characters facing one another. Oh, great. Um, who was the name of the Himalayan person from the earlier round he lost hit a police officer or special forces guy uh yes kono hario or something along the lines of that so it's theorized people have been talking about this but do you think he's going to make a return being absolutely shredded and everything now that he's being taught by the wrestler i mean we've wanted that but so far it just seems like he's gotten larger somehow how the hell did he get larger? <laughs> He's already like, shaped like a bowling ball. <laughs> it was introduced. He had a recent like fight in a mini tournament, and he just like everyone's like shocked. Like, wait, did he get bigger? Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that guy's being represented by Nintendo, and a jab is like, "Hey, don't be a fat ass. Get off your like butt and go outside and like do something. Don't just be sitting on Nintendo all day." <laughs> And like his flashback hail such a beast, like jumping over mountains, this wild warrior, and then turned into that once he got into <laughs> games. I'm not gonna that... lie though, fight between Cosmos and the special forces person. His name slips my mind. What is his name? Uh, Akoya. Akoya. That had to be one of the most brutal fights, I'd say close up to date. Like, the rib scene, I was just like, oh, I cannot watch this. <laughs> Literally a torture scene. Akoya what is quite an interesting character throughout. Like, even in Omega, he's still on his, you know, justice crusade. Yeah, he seems... How do I put this politely? He seems a few screws loose, to put it frank. <laughs> Where yeah, I'm just thinking, myself, like, how is this guy able to be a functioning member of society it's just i'm like oh wait it's kangan that's why because he's with other people who are like some of them like ryan who are also have no qualms of putting someone in a body bag basically yeah i'm surprised that you guys say that the wind scenes were those for me it was bando and the whole ah i'm so elastic behold watch me twist my body and contort i'm like all right wow that's a lot to <laughs> like oh, that's a lot to process my guy <laughs> uh and then on top of that, we have Hajim, uh, I want to say, the doctor who just has blades that are just bones. I'm like, man, this is a, this is a whole lot of <laughs> there's a whole lot of squinting inducing that's being induced by this fight that's happening here. 
That is quite a unique fight compared to everything else in the series. That one definitely stood out. And correct me if I'm wrong, he got his neck snapped, correct? And then he just snapped it back into place. He's like, oh, I'm back again. (laughs) That was interesting, (laughs) to say the least. Like when you when people or I even said this, the realism of Kangen to a degree, people just point to that fight and be like, Nope. <laughs> yeah, like, nope. I'm like, look, you gotta give it a chance. It's a one outlier, please. Just, just pretend that didn't happen. To be honest, please tell me that guy he doesn't come back later, does he? Or um neither of them have done really much. All right. That. What are you saying, Hazy? I was just going to say that if someone ever twizzled the body right in front of me, it's just like, behold, no matter what you do, you can't break my bones. I'm like, all right. I, I don't think there would be ever be a moment in my life where my brain would just go into AOL, like Rotom build up. Like, all right, I, I I would not know how to process that happening right in front of me. Like, you know what? Fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Because I only see like a convicted felon, but I just thought it was interesting that he had um, a very altruistic uh, nature about him. You know, he 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 you know he didn't want to make him suffer. And then the doctor also had like a poison. It was it was it was one of the most um, very absurd battles in the whole thing. It's like one of the one the few battles you go, yeah, this is a. <laughs> it's definitely not yeah, it's like like the doctor didn't even like his only purpose in the tournament was to kill Bando. I was like, he wasn't there to win, he's just there to kill the unkillable convict. I'm kind of interested too about what's it, Kiri? The um guy for like the super long hair. I thought yeah, he was Kiri. gonna like, I thought he was gonna play more of a role in that. And I kinda got blue balled, not gonna lie, because I was hoping he'd fight um Oma down the road, but of course, you know, that happened. <laughs> no. But uh, they do they do have a fight, but it's just not part of the tournament. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a bummer. But, yeah. A certain character kinda, you know, ruined all that. Yeah, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but at the same time it's been out for how long now? Season one? Yeah. If you haven't read Kengan Ashra, you're lost. I love Kazinga too. By the way, your profile picture. What made you? What, what made you grab gravitate to uh, this individual? Um. So the season comes out this month. The new season on the twenty first. So like ten, eleven days or something. Changed it for that because it's time for Kuroki to rise up to fandom. And I saw Kuroki. Fine, Go ahead. Go ahead. Easy. One thing I was going to say was that when I saw Kuroki, I was just like, I wanted my boy. Because here's the thing. The first fight he goes against, he like fights a character like with almost super love, superhuman levels of like razor sharpness on the fingertips. And I'm like, man, he thinks of himself like almost like a superhero. And he gets his ego shadowed, his reality shadowed. And yeah. you want to see him kind of build himself back up to it. But when you see him go against uh, him, I'm just like, ah, well... <laughs> <laughs> this man is built like a fridge. I don't know if you got like, it. <laughs> like the one old man in the tournament, like, hmm, is he gonna win this? <laughs> it's literally that. It's like, ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you'd like to hear, um, can I give you my top ten real quick for Kangan Nashura? And then you judge me very harshly upon my decision making. <laughs> oh um, dear. 
10, I got um, Akoya. 9, I got Reinhard. Or Reinhold, sorry. Let's think of Overwatch. Reinhold, the big dude. Yeah. Then I got Hatsumi. I feel like I really want to see more of Hatsumi, but I still think what we got of him was pretty nice, though. Seven, I put um, Kiri because, like I said, like he was like painted as like the big bad against Oma. Then you have, let me see, I'm probably gonna have to say, how do you say the Thai god dude is Koala, right? Koala, uh, get Galang. Oh, Galang, Galang. Yeah, yeah. I say Galang. Then I'd put what's it? Ryan is number five. Then Takashi is number four. Because I know he, he, I like him a lot because of his relationship with the wrestler dude. How they have like this yeah. mutual respect, and he pops off a lot. Three, I got to say Oma. Then two, probably gonna have to go to Koana, and then like one, of course, you know, Kiriki. But that's my top ten list right there. Um, not bad. You've heard I worse. Say, I would say I would switch out this, like, I would remove Akoya and put in Ray, the, like, speedy lightning god guy. He is definitely, outside of Kuroki, the fastest character. But oh, the order, nice. pretty, pretty good. Definitely heard much worse. <laughs> yeah, I've been in that Discord, and for anyone at Discord listening, some of you guys' takes are absolute horrible. I'm sorry, I love you guys, but like those takes, oh gosh, like that. My favorite character. Um, forget your list, burn it to the ground. Uh, it's trash. It's Basuda. You know, I really don't care for it. Um, oh, no. The true character, the true hero of the entire anime, and we we we, we finished him come back in the in the next um, series installment. Uh, Adam, you know Adam Dudley. You know, you know he's he, uh, he's yeah. finna to destroy everyone. He's finna <laughs> he's finna annihilate these people. He's finna to, to be the true main character. You know, just <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> for some reason, I just love the fact that. That whenever they have like a really American American um, fighter or like character within anime, they're the most obnoxious, insufferable characters. And sometimes I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> you guys yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, American number one for a reason. We are the best. <laughs> like every time. There's that meme going around. It says, be the American that Japanese think you are. And it shows like all these like over the top American characters. I'm like, yes, that is us. <laughs> He does um, return and actually have a pretty good fight. I was hoping he would. He's the MMA dude, correct? Who got beat pretty bad? Uh, no, he's like the... What is he? He's he's like hockey, hold. He, he, he gets hit with also. the window. Yeah. It's like a street fighting uh, hockey dude. Uh, yes, he's like a hockey dude. Yes. He's, why does he do hockey? It's not American. <laughs> Make him be like football or something. My Cosmo like basically strangles him, but basically the whole thing is that he can't be taken down because throughout his entire life he's played hockey and he's punched he's basically boxed on the ring itself. So his his ground, his his firmness and standing where he's at is un- unmatched. So basically has to, he has to basically choke him standing up. And it's kind of like a it's it's such a great fight. Most fights are quite good. Oh, this fight's good. 
Um, what was the fight with the wrestler versus the sumo? I'd say that had to be one of my favorite ones. Uh, yeah. Kyozen versus Sekubahashi. Yeah, for a round one fight, that was very good. He is very synonymous to me with um, Haniyama, where he just tanks everything. He doesn't really believe in like dodging it or getting out of the way. Yeah, which man. I thought I love those characters. Honestly, that archetype of fighter has like been my favorite. Definitely one of the fan favorite characters. Even like as a character introduced at the start, because he was Oma's first fight that we got to see in the anime, and then. All the fights he got in the tournament, and now even in Kangen Omega, he has quite amazing fights. And definitely that line that really stung that guy, where he was telling him, like, hey, I fight and I do wrestling because I love it. This is my passion. And he's like, you don't love sumo. You do it, mm-hmm. basically. Like, And I felt like that extra sting that hit his ego really hard to got him to get in that like, form to where he's like throwing everything he had at him. And just truly demonstrated, like, hey, this is the difference of, like, loving and giving your all to a style of, like, fighting. And one that's just kind of like, you know, it exists, I'm doing it because, like, my family did it, or I was, like, raised to do it. Which I found, like, really fascinating, like, storytelling elements. Yes, and for me, um, the final fight, you know, towards the conclusion of the series, uh, I just like it, um, not necessarily for, like, the... Purple versus grape, you know, different colors of uh, curtains ketchup uh, combat. But I just think that the Japanese voice actor for Curie just sells it so well. When he says Baka and all that, I'm like, man, that's just... The English and um, Japanese voice dubs are just impressive. I I like... uh, Those are two things I really uh, was heavily invested in. Just seeing that fight go out and definitely how how it starts out because it gives you... It, it definitely plays with the investment because you're like, oh, he's almost dominating him in this fight. You know what? It looks like he can actually win this. And then he just goes, you know, stop playing around. Knock. <laughs> it's it's a great The bounce as well. Yes, the, the bounce. The... <laughs> My favorite part is when he football, uh, football goal kicks him in the face. He's like, knock when you get up. <laughs> mm. It's good. Like, shit. Uh, I really love that moment. The perfect way to end the season. Yeah, definitely. I guess in a similar tone where we were speaking earlier, what do you feel was like, you know, a character that's pretty underrated in the Kangen series? Um, I will say Julius, the German roid machine. He, when it comes to raw strength, could be number one. He literally only lost against Wakatsuki because he got lucky with a kick near the end. And then when he returns in Kangen Omega, he has definitely gone through quite the training arc. I'm interested to see more or learn more about him because I know he's just, his whole philosophy is like, I don't do martial arts, I'm just strong. Like, he's like, I don't care, I'll just break whatever is in my way. But yeah. you said he gets a good story arc though, or like training arc. Um, well the only we only get like two panels of him lifting, being like, I'll surpass everyone, and then returns with a technique, technically. He doesn't call it a technique because that's his character, but it's it's a technique. Definitely a technique. <laughs> How do you think 
I've seen this argument a few times. Him versus Jack Hanma, he'd win that. I mean, Jack would win. Yeah, but do you think it's going to be... Let me rephrase that question. Would it be a stomp, or do you think Julius would give him a good run for his money? It would be a stomp. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, the, like, higher end of Bucky characters are way faster and physically stronger than anything in Kengen. The thing that always puts, like, in terms of scaling um, Baki characters into another realm is just the whole unironic earthquake thing where somebody just... <laughs> Ijiro just decides to, you know, quiet down earthquake, I'm talking right now. And then the earthquake's just like, all right, daddy, chill. And I'm like, all right, okay, so what do you with uh, but also, as well, the ground. <laughs> it just like stops the earthquake punch. Yeah, or Dobo just getting his absolute ribs broken in and still standing is like, all right. There are things that like Kangen characters can definitely tank, but like absolutely having their ribs broken, uh, in terms of just philology, like um, super. Th- th- this is where the um, the um, now there's a question I would have to ask in terms of like output. Who do you think? What character do you think in Kangen has um, capabilities that could be um, like somewhere comparable to where our like higher tier of Baki characters are at, at least in terms of output? Well, right now in Kangen Omega, there's one known as Shen Wulong. For comparison, Oma and like the other like top tier, some of the strongest characters in the verse are probably like one percent of his power it's that outrageous i said before that there isn't really a yudro of kangen that relates to kangen ashro when it comes to kangen omega shen wulong is definitely turning out to be the yudro of the series you'd say if you were to drop i guess if you were to ec guy any character from kangen and say they'd have a chance at surviving. Not thriving, surviving in the Baki universe, it'd be him. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen like 100% what he's capable of, but recently he faced a character who's pretty much confirmed to be on like Omer's level and like Kano's level and all that, and pretty much did some supernatural things and destroyed him with no trouble at all. Have you seen recently um, for the video game Tekken 8 that they're considering doing a DLC character for both Baki and Oma? And they're thinking about throwing him in the game. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if they want me to buy the game, that's what they need to do. <laughs> I do love that game. Hell yeah. My guy. <laughs> it's literally free money. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> Yeah, just take, if you want my money, just just do that. <laughs> Simple enough. Simple as. <laughs> just like, here's my wallet. Just do what you need. <laughs> Speaking of like fighting games, I was actually curious about your channel. I think I asked you this earlier, but if you ever thought about branching out, I know there's fighting series like, let's say, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Dead or Alive, all those games that are like very lore rich and driven because they've been around since like the late 90s or early 80s even 
like would you ever consider covering like lore videos or content on them or like fighting characters like what if videos like what if you know sub-zero was dropped into this universe or something like that i've thought about street fighter doing that because in kangan ashra there is like a spin-off chapter between like the kangan characters and some street fighter dudes i thought about doing that and there's a lot of comments about people wanting me to do like yudro versus akuma and stuff like that but currently i don't have much information about it i played a few of the games and i think there's a lot of stuff out there so it probably would take some time if i was to ever Go yeah, into Akuma. detail about something like that. Akuma would definitely put Yujiro in a body bag, and a lot of Baki people don't want to hear that, but he's just he's so broken of a character. He's known as being the guy to show up in other universes because he's so strong in his own, he gets bored. So, like, not mm. only has Akuma basically soloed the entire cast of Street Fighter, he went to the Tekken universe. And solo the entire cast in Tekken just to show him, like, all right, I'm here just because I want to fight a strong fighter. So, like, <laughs> you don't you don't want Akuma to be in, like, you're serious because he's going to beat everyone. <laughs> but especially he has a move. Um, he has a move where he does 1,000 punches per heartbeat that you have. And then that's what's notorious, what he's known for, where the whole screen gets black and you just hear, like, punching sounds. And then a screen, the lights go on, and it's just him standing over the body. And his back symbol is a symbol of death on it, and it's just your character on the ground is knocked out, like, just dead. Because he's just that broken, absurdly strong of a character. That's why I love so much about Akuma. He's one of my favorite villains in any series. Sounds like someone I would like as well. Demon Rush is, uh, is, is you know how we talked about, like, um, early in this podcast about Baki characters and how you can't really be oh my bad okay you can't really beat these characters rather it's about their spirit well the demon rush is kind of the counter argument demon rush <laughs> and now you don't have a spirit you have no soul you have no heart you have no spirit i take that all and i kill you that's demon rush in a nutshell and that's it well yeah um, if you were to look in any i'd highly recommend definitely street fighter and honestly if you were to do a video like a character dive on akuma that would probably make my day i'm not even lying because he's one of the most fascinating like villains of any series i think you'd enjoy him a lot if you read into him especially yeah, like his speed of end up doing that. yeah definitely check him out if you could <laughs> see uh, is... been... go ahead go ahead hazy I was gonna just say that this was all this this podcast was actually just an elaborate ruse for a video request. That's all this has ever been, you know, from from the very yeah, jump. Just, just some some build up, get my defenses down, then spring it on me. <laughs> video. Oh no, sorry about that. It's just yeah, I'm a big simp for you, Akuma. He's just interesting to read about. But is there anything in particular you're really excited for regarding Kengen that you're just, I guess, your own speculations or theories about anything? Um, I'm excited for Oma to fight the character known as the Tiger Nico, the person who pretty much re- or caused his master's death. That fight will be in the future. In Kengen Omega, currently, there's a tournament being set up for like the more top tier characters recently we had like a low tier character tournament or like the weaker characters 
having their chance in a tournament, but now there's like a seven fighter, like the strongest of strong characters getting like selected to represent in that tournament coming up. So that's going to be pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, you have any like conspiracy theories, if you will, about the series or your own speculations to, I guess, more outlandish thoughts you have, like spitballing, if you will. Um. Well, if it's going to be spoilers, if I say really anything, like pretty major spoilers. Oh, okay. I completely uh, understand that. Yeah. Yeah, but this it's something to do with clones. Ooh, that should be fun. I'll leave it at that. A certain character is a clone of some certain character. <laughs> hmm. What's your, um, I guess, last thing, unless Hazy wants to bring up on the Kengen topic? What's your opinion? outside of Kengen. Um, oh, just that's, a question okay. about consecration, but you can ask your question first. Yeah, I was curious of what your thoughts were on like the character development, like oma if you think there's anything you know has he reached any like major pivotal changes for people who've only seen the i guess anime and netflix or anything interesting to know about him or look forward to in the future um so if you've already seen the anime at the end of the previous season we got a little bit of an inside of his flashback and he pretty much at the end of the fight when he defeated ryan he got all of his memories back so now we're going to get the, hopefully, if the anime doesn't cut it, the proper flashback of Oma and finally get an understanding of why he's the way he is, why he wants to pretty much be the strongest. His overall goals and all that will be portrayed more clearly because so far it's more so been him just wanting to fight, him wanting to get stronger, doesn't like Kiryu for whatever reason. His master died by someone's hand but we don't know exactly his childhood yet. That should definitely be interesting. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Hazy, what do you want to ask? Um, extending, extenuating outside of um, just Kangen in of itself, but consecration. I've always been enamored with power scalers or just people who make fighting-oriented content. Um, for me, what has always been a fascinating facet of it all is just how some arguments are built and the research that goes into like having a very solid argument as to why a particular character might be much stronger than some people believe them to be or um, some tidbit that is not acknowledged by the audience that might seem incidental but actually totally reconfigures their scaling if you were to take this into account. So um, being as you're an aficionado in both series, uh, uploading frequently about Baki and about Kangen. Um, was there ever a time period during your research where you were like, how did I miss this? And go, like, this changes where the character would be scaling or if we would take this into account? Um, there's a lot of times in Kangen, because for Baki, a lot of the character placements are more so definitive. Like, Yudro being number one is agreed on by, like, 99% of the fan base. Baki, Pickle, Masashi being like around that level but a little bit under is more so agreed. But with Kangen, since a lot of the characters are very similar in strength and in many cases are either way and kind of 
fluctuate. We have to rely on character statements from like the author that he provides in the character profile cards. And with those, he does go into a little bit more detail. And a few times going back at it, we have seen like questions answered by the author being like, oh, if Ryan was serious during the tournament and used techniques, he's more favorable to win against someone like Wakatsuki. And then that pretty much changes where he would probably be ranked in Ashura than previously. Um, a big another question I want to ask you: Did you um, did you ever feel as though, when it comes to video creation, about since a lot of these invoke debate, was there ever a instance in a video you made that like caused a surprising amount of discourse that you wasn't anticipating? Um, well, outside of like semi troll videos regarding Udro. A lot of the record of Ragnarok what if battles I do cause quite a bit of debate because the religion and you know gods fighting humans that aspect like when I made a video about Shiva versus Adam the discourse that continues to this day to get is quite wild. It's funny that you mentioned that too because um. I have a lot of close friends who are devout Hindus, and it's funny because when I introduced them to, like, you know, Record of Ragnarok, they were absolutely static and thrilled that, you know, you had a series with their gods in it, and then they're like, wow, this is, like, so awesome. You know, I could see, like, Shiva, like, fight people. And then they actually, they embraced that a lot, which is something I didn't expect because I know in the same vein that in the manga, you have Jesus in there with the other Socrates and Confucius. And they didn't include that in the anime because of reasons people they thought would freak out. But meanwhile, you literally have Shiva running around, which is still a god that's worshipped by millions, if not close to a billion people today. That's just something uh, I found interesting. I will note the anime was banned in India. Because oh, was the, it really? Because, yeah, because of the inclusion of Shiva. And I have received many death threats because talking about Shiva in videos. Whoa, I need to... Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my no, apologies, no, man. My apologies, because I guess I'm talking to different people, then. Yeah, yeah these some guys are being chill. Like, a it. lot of being chill, but a lot of death threats. Some guy on Twitter, like, I know, tagging all these posts, trying to get me banned and stuff, because I mentioned Shiva from Rock to Ragnarok in a short or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's Amazing. a very different experience. I'm, apologies for bringing that up then, because yeah, I had the complete opposite experience. They're like, yeah, I love this. And I'm like, oh, nice. But that's surprising, actually. Um, you guys okay if we pivot over to Record of Ragnarok, if you will? Just talk a little bit about that some? Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so... One, I really wish we had a better Adam versus Seuss animation, but I think that's a universal of everybody. I didn't want to see a flashcard show. Um, but besides that, I think, yeah, Adam fight had to be, that's a universal agreed upon, probably the best fight in the series, Adam versus Zeus. Um, honestly, I kind of wish they had that fight later, if that makes any sense, like later down where the stakes are up more, that would be a lot more interesting, but I understand he did it early to show people like, hey, you know, we're getting stuff off the boat, but if you would care to, Mysterious Weeb, would you like for the audience like explain a bit what is Record of Ragnarok? 
uh, will do. So it's virtually just a tournament manga. The premise is the gods have decided to destroy humanity due to humanity being corrupt and all that. One Valkyrie named Brynhilda says in like, I don't know, some law in the gods world there, for them to destroy humanity, they need to face the humans first. So they set up a tournament of um, 13 versus 13. 13 humans are selected versus 13 gods. And we go into that. Round one, we have four from the Nordic gods versus Lu Bu, one of the Chinese warriors from history. And then we have Adam from the Bible versus Zeus. And we continue with that as the story progresses. Yeah, and then we're getting a lot more later in the future. So it's still... Is it rapidly in? We're in round nine, I believe, and that's Leonidas versus Apollo. So we've got a few more rounds left, but on the later half. What would you say is a fight that you did not see coming, both manga and anime? Um, in the anime, of course, even in the manga as well, but all the stuff regarding Buddha, his betrayal, joining humanity, that was the biggest twist so far in the series. And then the fight itself, even though he wasn't fighting like a god that's known, it was quite a twist throughout. I definitely would say for me, it'd probably be Nikolai Tesla versus Belzebub. That one was probably one of my favorite fights. It's interesting for the manga. For the anime, I definitely love the um, Poseidon one versus, what's his name? The Greatest Loser, Korihi Sakasaki. Uh, Sasaki. Sasaki Kodro, I believe. Yeah, that fight was really fun to watch, definitely. And I felt that one was given a lot more justice than <laughs> the Adam versus Zeus one. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to go with that with the most like anticipated fight of the series. Yeah, um, but it is what it is, you know. Let's <laughs> just hope we get better yeah. in the future. I've accepted is, it at this point. Yeah, I just accepted it too. But what would be your pitch as like earlier if the whole Kangen thing, like what makes Record of Ragnarok different for um, you know, why someone should watch or check out Record of Ragnarok? Um, if you're interested in mythology at all, I think you'll definitely enjoy the series. Of course, the hand-to-hand fighting martial arts are there. Even though the premise is gods versus humans, you would expect some pretty wild stuff occurring. Most of the fights are fairly grounded in the way they fight. Of course, more outlandish than Baki or Kengen, but compared to most other manga and anime, it's still fairly... I would say grounded to a degree, but probably too grounded for what it really should be, considering we have literal gods fighting humans with like Valkyrie powers. Yeah, I was about to ask that. What really stops humans from getting absolutely stomped from the gods, if you will? Um, so they have a power system where the Valkyries attach to the human and either become like their weapon or their armor. And that's what pretty much allows them to fight the gods. And then pretty much 
the gods being weaker than a lot of people really expected and the humans being stronger. But tactics do play a part in some of the fights, namely like Jack the Ripper versus Hercules, where they fight in London and Jack, while being physically weaker, slower, not as durable, has to rely on tactics and weapons and various strategies to have a chance. That's my favorite fight, by the way. Likewise. Everything is a weapon. He just throws a fucking, like, clock at him and just slices his arm. It's like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, the whole ring's a weapon, buddy. It's like, oh, like, but that's yes. something what makes the Jack the Ripper fight stand out so much. And that's my only critique I have the record of Ragnarok. Some of these fights have been kind of stagnant, whereas people who are very similar, basically just throwing blows. While I like that element of, you know, two different fighting styles, or if you will, or two different strategies or philosophies going against each other. Because you had, in the Jack the Ripper fight, Jack, knowing he's clearly outclassed physically, you know, speed-wise, endurance-wise, all these things. So he's like, okay, I'm going to rely on strategy and, you know, a lot of, like, the elements around me, which made it so unique. Because it was literally fighting in London. And you had Hercules, like, I'm going to tank this shit head-on. I'm going to, like, you know, be a noble hero. I'm not going to play dirty. While Jack is like, well, I'm going to use every trick in a book, so good luck, buddy. I wish there was more fights like that in the series, more in the future, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I definitely agree. They tend to just go with, oh yeah, the stronger character ends up winning because he has a stronger ability or just gets a transformation that's stronger in the later half of the fight. That seems to be the common trend, but that's why... I'll say the most fan favorite fight ends up being Jack versus Hercules, or of course Adam versus Juice, because that's could have been the final fight of the tournament. But yeah, definitely need something more unique in that way in the future, which I don't know if we're actually going to get considering the remaining fighters. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed that Leonidas is going to be fighting Apollo. I really wanted him to fight Odin. Like, I was banking on that, and that was my biggest prediction. Because so far, I've been pretty on spot, my predictions. And then you post a video and be like, yes, I was actually close to that. But I don't know. I just, I'm interested. Who do you think is going to fight the big man himself, Odin? Right now, I believe it's going to be either Nostradamus, because he has been set up as like the Joker of humanity, someone who has kind of passed with the. Nordric section as well so he could fight them or if they were to add a different fighter to the series in Siegfried who has like some background importance now and what's your opinion on the theory of a human traitor because I've heard that bouncing around recently that a human could be fighting for the gods so initially that theory was for the Chinese Emperor Hu Wang. Everyone thought he was going to be like a human traitor, but we had his fight. He was fighting for humanity. Now, some people believe it's going to be Siegfried as like, he's not a pure human, he's a demigod in the series, but he could be someone that ends up fighting for the gods. But since we got his full introduction now, it doesn't seem like that would be the case. So we may not actually get it, and that's just a dead fury at this point, if I'm being honest. Nah, unfortunately. I thought it'd be an interesting twist. Honestly, at first when that theory came out, I thought they were talking about Hercules because Hercules is a demigod. 
But then they're like, well, not really him. It could be someone else down the road. But um, what's your opinions on the Tesla versus Belzebub fight? The fight as a whole was good. I wanted more regarding Belzebub. There was a whole flashback about him potentially being Satan and Satan being within Belzebub. And like we were expecting a transformation at the end of the fight. Or like his second personality to take over, but we never got that. And I was also expecting Tesla to just blow himself up at the end and trying to sacrifice himself to win it, but that also didn't happen. Apart from the way the ending was kind of dealt with and missed opportunities, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I definitely was expecting it to be a draw too, because I was on the same vein of like thinking he would probably try to detonate himself, knowing it's a losing battle to like you know at least keep the scoreboard a bit even for humanity, but that didn't happen. But overall, I really enjoyed that fight. Um, For me, personally, uh, one thing that made Rad- Records of Ragnarok so amazing is that being someone who's a bit of a history buff to some regards and loves uh, mythology as well as um, gods and just the backstories for a lot of these dis- uh, subject matters, um, the hints that he gave you to allude to whoever they were going to be talking about was something I really enjoyed. Like, oh, who is this person talking about? And having some spot-on guesses was just very impressive. And it made me far more immersed as well as invested in trying to figure out what part of their narrative and stories were they going to attach themselves to in order to emphasize in this fight. Like, what would be the special attack? What narrative? What story beat? from their um, overarching um, story, what they're going to take from to implement in these fights. I do believe in essence, I do like the Hercules fight. I mean, I, I like the um, Zeus versus um, Adam fight because it starts off with a scale of power and ability that feels as though it should have decimated the ring. I don't know what it's made out of. Probably like a dying star or something in terms of its durability. But um, in comparison, it left fights like Poseidon feeling a little underwhelming because of how you feel like he should be comparatively in terms of strength. I almost felt like he was fighting with a handicap for most of the fight because at best all he did was flood the stage a little bit. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I feel like that's the whole point of Poseidon though because he was so arrogant and prideful that he didn't even make eye contact with his opponent because he saw him as being so little. And by the time he realized, like, wait, I should have killed this dude a long time ago. Why is this fight still going on? It was already too late where his opponent was basically learning his moves, learning how to counter and preparing. Basically. So that's why I found I feel like each fight in Record of Ragnarok has a lesson. And if that makes True, any there sense. There is a lesson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But only and problem is that he. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, AZ. The only problem with that is he almost saw his brother lose his fight. So shouldn't he have been like, hmm, probably need to probably need to, to buck up for this one. Probably need to <laughs> probably probably don't like why he was the, the best in this situation. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You want to comment on that? <laughs> well, with all that build up of how, you know, Poseidon was acting, when he finally lost and humanity got their first win, and it was you know, history's greatest loser who got that win. It was quite rewarding. I find it funny, too, in a way, that history's greatest loser is the guy to come out on top, but 
the part that interests me most about that fight was basically how the gods were cheering on Poseidon, and Poseidon has glared at the audience, they all shut up, basically. And then Poseidon went on his whole monologue about, you know, the heavy burden it is to be a god, and then, like, talking like it's this grandiose thing, simply for the response to be like, I don't give a crap, Sound being a god sounds boring. And then that really struck a nerve with Poseidon, where he was like, what do you mean, basically? And he was like, yeah, why would I want to be a god where I don't have to earn anything I fight for? And, like, you know, it's just an endless loop. It's just boring. And that was definitely an interesting, like, jab, if you will, both psychologically to the character of Poseidon and that. The way he was, like, represented as what a god should be throughout, like, the most godly god was something they labeled him as. Was a interesting aspect, but as a whole, I don't think many people liked Poseidon as a character, and when he got taken out, that was definitely a top moment. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The only thing I know, Hazy earlier you were talking about like the mythology thing. I was kind of the reverse at the beginning with Record Ragnarok, where to be honest, at first I thought maybe this is my cup of tea, but I was encouraged to keep watching into it. And the only reason why is purely for the aesthetic design of it, if you will. Like my first time seeing Zeus, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Where he had an absurdly large hammer super long red hair and it's like very skinny six pack things like that and it's kind of funny because like i like mythology a lot and when i think of zeus i think about the god of war version because that's pretty accurate where it's like a dude with like scrappy red hair big large gut and like a smaller hammer compared to him but then i realize you know he's got to take it as it is it's a style most of these characters are like this but overall if you get over that hump really just aesthetic wise i don't see an issue with ragnarok i really love it i've kind of like gotten to enjoy it a lot more definitely i guess my philosophy going into it is that i played a lot of um dynasty warrior games and if you played a lot of those as well as been someone who looked over the shoe woo and dynasty era as well as the feudal era for japan and being a bit of a historian when it comes to those conflicts i'm always fascinated with how these characters are depicted in other fictional pieces of media whereas nobunaga who destroyed and obliterated um just religious places obviously is sometimes depicted as a demon in some of his illustrations it often makes me go okay there are these story beats that exist within this like historical person as well as and like religious characters, so I, I I find myself going, how are they going to reinterpret what's being like what, what this character here? And so there's exaggeration with the hammer. I like the red hair, um, but then you have characters um, um, like um, Raiden, who's uh, almost in terms of like um, his record and his sumo wins. He he seems like something out of fiction, like something that couldn't have existed, but that's what makes him such a like. Such an amazing character. Too bad his fight wasn't that great. But <laughs> but beyond that, um, um, yeah, um, I do believe that he did. They did a great job of um having the of Voliner and having the fusion of one soul, which means that like not only is the Valkyries losing one of their family members, but also they're losing one of the fighters at the same time. So like that creates like a higher level of investment. And she even asked him about the technique in which one soul can be become one. I love that because uh, it speaks to, again, another teaching um, amongst um, 
in Buddhism and um, I love all these things and how they incorporated actual teachings, actual aspects of um, the religion, actual aspects of, um, um, let's just say, Viking mythology as well as Buddhism. Buddhist, Buddha has probably had one of the most, has possibly the most main character energy out of every, any fight that's happened so far. Definitely. I was so invested. <laughs> <laughs> not even that but they basically nerfed him compared to like his mythology because if you ever read like you know chinese literature on like you know a character called sun wukong and his story there's a scene where he ends up like basically soloing every single god of like chinese mythology at once and being like you guys are boring this is nothing and then a bunch of like of like the monks at the time came forward to like a buddhist temple and be like hey we need your help this guy's soloing everybody and causing havoc and then Buddha basically challenged him to a contest, and he says, well, let's do a little race. You go as far as you can, and if I could catch you, you gotta stop destroying, you know, all of China. And Sun Wukong, at this point, being overpowered from, like, beating his opponents, absorbing them, he's like, yeah, that's easy, I could do it, like, no problem. Sun Wukong ends up in the story rushing all the way to the very end of the universe. And then he got there, and he's like, there's no way Buddha's gonna catch me now. And to prove it, you know, I'm just going to piss on this random spot here to leave my mark, to, to prove I'm here. He does that, and then he comes right back, and Buddha hasn't moved an inch. And then Sun Wukong's like, hey, you know, I won, you lost, so get over it. I'm going to, like, go back to what I was doing now. And Buddha's response is like, actually, no, you lost. And then Buddha lifts his palm, showing, like, the mark that Sun Wukong left, and he says, you don't understand, do you? I'm Buddha. I am everywhere, and I am everything. You don't beat me like that. So it's a little trick sly game, and I felt like that was interesting because when I heard Buddha was fighting for humanity, I thought this is going to be an absolute wash. Like it's soloed, and at first it was for like um, Zero Fuku, but once he hit his transformation, it was a bit more on the tables, which I liked a lot. Definitely, I'm surprised they didn't include anything about Sun Wukong into the Record of Ragnarok series at all. Like not even a mention. I think the reason why is because he's like Loki times a hundred worse where he actively despises like all sense of authority. So if you were to simply ask him to do anything, he just wouldn't do it. And he doesn't care if you're a lowly peasant or a high up God, he'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm not doing this for you. But at the same time, it, I agree with you. It would have been nice to at least mention Sun Wukong because how pivotal and big of a character he is in Chinese mythology. Like that would have been interesting. Definitely. hundred percent. We could get it in the future because there is a theory that after the tournament it will either be a draw or there'll be stuff that like after the tournament that continues the story, like an invasion from hell or like God's uprising or something else. Then we have like a big all-out war or something like that. That's just a theory some people have mentioned that could happen after the tournament and maybe he could appear then. That would be quite wild because there needs to be something for the surviving humans to actually do outside of this, you know, watching the remaining fights. Would you have any, I guess, personal favorite theories going forward, or like, theories that haven't been proven yet that you're interested or invested in? Um, I would say, well, my most anticipated fighter has been Rasputin since the start. He's still yet to make an appearance. I have like a running gag on my channel where I say Rasputin, aka Top of the Verse. So 
the theory is he's going to be the strongest character in the series, and I'm waiting for that to be a reality. He's going up against Anubis, correct? Well, we don't know. That's the common like prediction. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he better. That'd be actually a funny match where you have Anubis being like, my primary goal is to claim people's soul. Yeah, you kept dodging me like numerous times. And Ross Putin just being the guy is scratching his ass being like, yeah, what about it? Like, you gotta do something. I just thought that'd be pretty funny if they like framed it like that. But hopefully it, it's the next fight or soon because been quite some time I've been waiting. Oh, yeah. Were you going to add anything on to that, Hazy? Oh, no. I was going to say that uh, Rasputin is actually like uh, uh, to have Rasputin would be a phenomenal character. Just in terms of the cynicism, it's in terms of like the like dredging up the worst of humanity would probably be really interesting. But I also wanted to mention about like um, Buddha having like psychic abilities, um, telepathy, and the ability to see past one's own life, which is really interesting to me because um, with the whole ability to see the luminance from someone's soul, they essentially gave them to some regard that ability within the series. So I thought that was really good. Um, and it's because some of these characters, like in terms of the abilities, like it, it's like missing out on um, Zeus being able to uh, shape shift and all that. But I think they like gave him like a very like the dominant power that like Zeus is supposed to have. I think that did enough to like quench people's like depiction of him to some degree. Um, yeah, definitely. I am looking forward to though the um, fight between Simo and Haya. And I'm curious who he's going against. Has it been confirmed yet he's going against Loki, or is that still speculation? Uh, no confirmation yet. Everyone thought he was going to be fighting Apollo, but Apollo's fighting yeah. the Uniters currently, so no one knows who Simo uh, is going to fight. But he's been a fan favorite since the very start. The authors released his design like years ago now because they did a vote on who they wanted to see, and he won and still yet to make his appearance. Was that concept art official, or was that just... Yeah, that's official, what he's going to look like. Nice. He still has one of my favorite quotes of all times, and that's why I love so much about that character. And that may just be me being a veteran speaking on that, but his kill count was between 500 and 554. And when asked a question, you know, what did you feel when you pulled the trigger? You know, you killed these people. His response was the recoil. That was it. A simple the recoil. But he was he's definitely an interesting historical figure. If you ever want to read into him, he's very fascinating for like his history of what he done. But it's pretty metal stuff. Like he purposely stuffed snow down his throat to where it conceals breath when he's like making his shots and everything like that. And he shot purposely with iron sights, which is no scopes. So he wouldn't give away his location to the enemy, but it's very fascinating, like the history of him. Really yeah. love the character in Record of Ragnarok, definitely. But hey, um, Hazy, do you want to ask one more question? We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up soon. All right. In terms of Record of Ragnarok, what was the character that, in terms of the depiction, you absolutely believe they nailed it on the head? Just everything about um, how they illustrated the character. Um, it's just, it could be like a god or a mortal. You can you can choose um, one god and one mortal. Um, 
personally, um, for me, I like the um, I really like Raiden's depiction actually a lot in uh, in terms of the gods, in terms of his um, you know in terms of the mortals. My apologies. Uh, just the idea of this supernatural human because it in terms of his win record, you would you it it, it feels supernatural in a sense like you would have to be born with like an abnormality in terms of wrestlers um that's why i think that um it it only makes sense to like depict him as someone who like incapable of like handling his um body like and, and um and um that's like my favorite thing about his character in particular because after all, he had like two hundred, like two hundred and fifty-four victories. It's like, like if you had read that out to someone, like, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you t- <laughs> um, you want a real fun project? Look up what he looks like in paintings in Japan. He is a very, very big dude. He is a no, big boy. <laughs> yeah, you see his depiction in, in paintings. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know that 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 actually makes more sense. You know, if, if I encounter. Not, not makes sense actually, but still, it's 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 some it's the things that build up legend. But um, beyond that, if we're just speaking uh, just exclusively to um, gods, Buddha's depiction is 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 very intriguing because um, it's that idea of it's in um, prescribing to enlightenment and betterment for one's person and character, and this like path you have to choose in the um. Like eating constantly, I love the fact they added that because while his depiction might not have him um, bigger in nature, um, having him constantly eating definitely like reflects upon the the more uh, accurate depictions of how he looks. Typically, he's or how he's typically represented. So I love that they did that for Buddha. And I, I love the fact that he have from the eyed illustrations to the to the scripture that he like fights with. I love everything about Buddha's design and his character. Um, so the question is now for y'all: um, Is there anybody who stood out to y'all in terms of the depiction of Rector or Rector, human or god? Um, so for when it comes to the humans, initially I would say Jack the Ripper, but there's a slight issue with that. There's a oh Jack the Ripper recently got his like side manga like dedicated to his story before the events of Rector Ragnarok or expanding on his flashback, and in that it's revealed that the character known as Jack the Ripper who faced Hercules isn't actually the real Jack the Ripper, which kinda threw his character a little stray for me personally. So for oh, now boo. I'll say it's. <laughs> <laughs> like we see him actually kill the real Jack the Ripper and like take his name, but it's like it's a it's a little bit unfortunate. I don't know why they did that. I just consider that as like oh yeah that didn't happen. Jack the Ripper still Jack the Ripper, but Sasaki I enjoyed every aspect of him. The flashback where you get to see how he learned something from every time he lost, how he became history's greatest loser. While losing all those fights, he would learn something and come back stronger and surpass the people he lost against. And that continued all the way up until his death that we got to see against Masashi Miyamoto, where after dying, he continued to get stronger and stronger, so much so that he was able to defeat a god in the series. 
Yeah, for me, I'd personally say for humans, um, Quin Shi Hong, the Chinese emperor. I don't know, something about his design, it looked just very cool to me. I just really enjoyed the artwork behind it, and it was very creative. It's one of those things that was a nice spin to it that I didn't expect, but for the gods, I'd have to give it to Shiva, because Shiva just looks like he's straight out of JoJo's, basically. Like, he's some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character, just absolutely shredded to the gills, and I thought that was really cool. Very, um... Reminding me of Star Platinum, if you will, but definitely I, those are my two favorite designs. But, um, let me see. Yeah, Mysterious Weeb, is there any other things you want to add in or leave us with, or personal plans you're working on in the future? You got any big projects scheduled? Um, so since I'm close to hitting 100k, I've been just asking people in the comments section on my Discord what special video I should do for that. Not sure yet, so work in progress. Since the Kengan anime is returning this month, getting excited for that, so probably going to prepare a lot of videos. Don't know when the next Bucky or Record of Ragnarok seasons are coming. Probably going to be quite some time now, considering the we just got two Bucky seasons this year, and now Record of Ragnarok, we got seasons this year, so probably in the coming years. But Kengan is the main priority. As that's coming, I may go back to One Punch Man in the future. Just depends when I finish schooling and etc. and have more time. But so far, just talk about whatever's going on in the mangas and typical stuff. And last thing for me as well, are you ever planning any collaborations of other big accounts on YouTube in the future, or would you ever be enticed of the idea of, let's say, some big account reached out to you? Um, I've done a collab on the Masked Man's channel, a bigger anime YouTuber who we just talked about, like, recommending fighting manga. That was cool. I haven't done any on my channel, but I would be down to it sometime in the future. Not exactly sure how that would work, though. All right. Sounds good. AZ, want to have any closing comments? Thank you. To Mysterious for appearing on another episode of Rec Room Radio. I've been Hazy Daleks, and you've seen this all in HD. Yep, and this has been Solo Rec Room. One more time, Mysterious Weeb. Thank you again from a huge fan for being on our podcast. It means the world to us. And Thanks if you ever need, yeah, if you ever need anything from us, we got you, man. Um, yeah, so this has been Rec Room Radio. Signing out now. <laughs>